Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 5, Isaiah chapter 60. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, thank you for being part of our online service today. Make sure you leave us a, a comment. Let us know that you're watching with us today. We appreciate you being here. We're going to continue a series that we started several weeks ago called The Gathering Place, what it really means to be the church, the gathering place, what it means to be the church. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been reading this particular scripture from Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And he simply asked them, who do men say that I am? And they gave him some answers, and then he looks back at them, and he says directly to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, and for one of those rare moments, he gets it right, and he says, thou art the Christ. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says back to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he says this, and upon this rock, not Peter himself, because the church can never be built on a man. It can never be built on a personality. It can never be built on just a movement. But upon the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church. Upon that rock, that solid foundation, I will build my church, watch this, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, the word church means gathering, it means assembly, it means a coming out and coming together, all right? So the church is not a building, we've been saying that for several weeks, the church is when we gather. When we gather in connect groups all this week, we gathered Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, gathered in connect groups, that was the church. It was just as much the church as we are here this morning. Whenever we gather, wherever we gather, that's where the church gathered. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says they gathered daily in the temple and from house to house. And so that was the church coming together. In the temple they would gather. They'd gather in large groups. They'd gather in small groups. Wherever they gathered, that's where the church was together. And so we've been talking about what, what does this mean? Because we're called out. We're called out. We're called out from the world, but yet we're in the world. And I said this last week. I said, here's what Jesus does. Jesus takes us out of the world through redemption. And then the Holy Spirit takes the world out of us through sanctification or being set apart or becoming holy. And then he sends us back into the world by assignment. So we're called out of the world but we're called back into the world, right? We're not of this world, we're called out of the world, but we are called into the world because Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse number 18, he said, just as you've sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. We've been sent into the world. So we're not called to live in some little community where we never interact with the world. We're called to be in the world, but we're not of the world. 
Matthew chapter 5, if you're there today, this is the Beatitudes. Now, you remember, we read this a couple weeks ago. This is Jesus starting the Sermon on the Mount, his doctrine, his belief system. He is about to start and talk about his theology, what he believes. And he starts with the word blessed, which is very interesting because the Old Testament ends with the word cursed. It ends with the word curse. And so Jesus starts his sermon with the word blessed. Now watch this because it starts off pretty soft. It says, hey, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, blessed are those who recognize their spiritual hunger. And then he talks about, hey, blessed are, are the meek and blessed are the merciful and blessed are, are, are the pure in heart. And blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And he goes down this list, but watch this. Because the Beatitudes take a turn. I want you to go with me where the Beatitudes take a turn. The Beatitudes take a turn, and if you're in Matthew chapter 5, look in verse number 9. It says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, here's where it begins to turn. Because a peacemaker gives us the, the inclination and understanding that there's a lack of peace somewhere, Right? For there to be a peacemaker, there has to be a lack of peace somewhere. So, hey, listen, poor in spirit, recognizing your spiritual need, mourning, meek, merciful, pure in heart, all of those things. But now he's beginning to talk about a lack of peace. Watch what's next. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Well, now Jesus begins to tell and his theology, his belief system, he begins to enlighten us and let us know there will be opposition. There will be difficult days. That when you choose the Christian faith and you choose to walk with Christ, that not everybody's going to accept you. That there will be people who are going to come against you. Watch what it says next in verse number 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Well, now he just took another radical turn to tell you that people are not going to like you. Not everybody's going to accept your message. You're not going to just go announce to the world, I'm a Christian, I love God, and everybody's going to just go, that's the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in my life. People are going to revile you. They're going to say evil things against you. They're going to reject your faith. Right? And he says this, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, there's going to be opposition that when you go out into the world, not everybody's going to receive your message. There's going to be darkness that's going to come against you. And the very next thing he says, you are the salt of the earth. Huh? There's opposition, right? There's opposition, and I want you to know that you are the salt of the earth. And remember, last week we said that word you is the plural form, because if you look it up in the Spanish Bible, it's actually the word vosotros, or ustedes. It means you all. You all together, collectively, when you come together, you together are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so we talked about salt last week, but this week, let's talk about light, because I want you to know this, there's darkness in the world. Did you hear me? There is darkness in the world, and, 
And I just have to tell you, it's getting worse. It's getting worse out there. We're starting to see things constantly, every day. You're seeing it. It's in our face. There's an opposition. I just read this week that there was an article that came out that said it will not be long by 2045, the year 2045, Christianity will be the minority in America. Where for, for, for as long as we've existed, Christianity has been the majority. Now we're moving into the minority. I was talking with a friend of mine who pastors a church up in New York in the Bronx, and we were talking about what's happening in our world, and we noticed that, that there's some changes that are taking place. And you see what the world is doing, and, and some of it is subtle, but some of it is not. Not so subtle. And they're trying to desensitize us to some of the darkness that is around us. Do you remember years ago, we used to call, we used to call uh, things, we used to call global warming. We used that phrase. Watch how they, watch how the words change. Because no longer do you hear the phrase global warming. Now it's called what? Climate change. Why? Because we had a couple really cold winters. And so we had to change the narrative to get people to, to buy into this thing. Now it's called climate change. So then watch this. This has just happened recently since the Supreme Court overturned the precedent of Roe v. Wade. People are stopping the news media. Different outlets are out there. They're trying to go away from the word abortion, and they're using the phrase reproductive health care because the word abortion gives a negative context. And in July of this year, in response to the Supreme Court, President Biden and the White House put out a, a declaration. They declared this, and you, you can find this online, this emergency order, and it says this, the emergency order for the protection of access to reproductive health care. And you have to read down, and I was trying to even find the word abortion, and whenever you find the word abortion, next to it is care. Abortion care, abortion care. They're trying to get us to buy the lie that that's health care. And if I, and I use, because I don't use the word abortion, I use the word murder, and I thought murder care. That don't work. Murder care, because that's what it is. It's the murder of the unborn. And they're trying to get us to buy this lie. Now, here's the latest thing that's happened. Watch this. In August of this year, in August of this year, just last month, there was a video that put out that got, went viral, and there was a clinical psychologist that said we should stop using the word pedophile and start using the phrase minor attracted persons, M-A-P. And so now they're going away even from the word pedophile because that gives a negative connotation for people who are born with an attraction to minors, and they're trying to desensitize us. Listen, it's darkness. Did you hear me? It's evil, and it's all around us, and they're trying to just infiltrate it. They're attacking uh, our faith. They're, they're attacking our children. They're going after everything that we've ever known as a foundation and this nation, and we have got to do something about it, and here's what the church is called to do. It's called to be salt and called to be light. Right? Because God has always had one answer for darkness, and only one, light. 
Amen? Isaiah chapter 60, if you could turn there, Isaiah chapter 60. Now, this is a prophetic word, and it is specifically about Jerusalem, but I believe that we can apply it to our world today. And it says this in verse number one, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. God has only had one answer for darkness, and it's light. And it's dark out there, and there's darkness in this world, and it's getting darker. And I know this, that I could just sit there and just complain, or I can just sit there and get angry, or I can let my light shine in the midst of the darkness, because God's answer to darkness is always light. Genesis chapter 1, when darkness covered the face of the earth, in the very first verses, it said darkness covered the face of the earth. What did God say? His very first words, let there be light. God's answer is not who gets elected in November. God's answer is light. Amen. And we should vote and we should vote on morals and we should vote according to the word of God. But our hope is not in the next president, the next governor, the next county commissioner. Our hope is in the light of the gospel penetrating the darkness because I want you to know this, that there is an answer for darkness. It's called light. Amen. And it's always called light. Always called light. Light penetrates darkness. That's good news. Listen, I'm not afraid. I see it, and I, it doesn't bother me. I, I often will go, Cynthia, come look at just what happened, you know? And I get upset, and I, I, I have to turn it off, and I have to check my emotions. It happens to me. But at the same time, I go, that's just an opportunity for light to shine in the midst of darkness. It's just an opportunity for us to let our light shine. When we come together as a church and we come together and we are salt and we are light to the world that is out there. Because this is why we exist. You know, my wife and I were, in the year 2000, we went to Cuba. And we took a missions trip to Cuba. Now, you have to remember this. Cuba is a socialist state. And when we went in 2000, Fidel Castro was still in control of the island. And we went to Cuba. We went out to a place called Pinal de Rio, and there was a little town called Guani. And it was more of an intersection than it was a town. And we gave crayons, because this, this island is, is covered with darkness at the time, covered with darkness. Now, there is light penetrating the darkness, but there is poverty and there is difficulty over that island because of, of some of the things that have happened and the control, and all of those things. So, so we went to a place called Guani, and we gave out crayons and coloring books to kids six, seven, eight years old who had never seen a crayon, never seen a coloring book. They didn't even know what it was. And, and then we, we ended up back in Havana, and our host was driving us around, and we found ourselves in Havana, and he drove us down this one street and all of a sudden, in the middle of very ordinary houses, was this row of unbelievable mansions, just a row of mansions. And he said, you see all these mansions? These are the only homes in Cuba that Fidel cannot enter. 
Because as a socialist state controlled by the Communist Party, he has the right, had the right to go into any business, any home, and said, this is now mine. This is now mine. And he did that. But he could not go into these homes, and the host said the reason why he can't go into these homes is because they're all embassies. And an embassy is, is some place, right? It is a house or a building that is in a foreign land, but the laws in that building and that home or, or that compound, the laws are controlled by the state or the country that it represents, right? So the United States has an embassy in every country with the exception of about 12. We don't have an embassy in Iran. We don't have one in North Korea. There's about uh, uh, nine places in the Caribbean, St. Kitts and Antigua, and some of those places, St. Lucia, in the Caribbean that we don't have embassies, and then one little country uh, on the west coast of Africa. Every other country, we have an embassy. So I've driven by the embassy in Vietnam. I've been to Vietnam. I've driven by the embassy, and I could go in, and the minute that I step foot inside the property, the minute that I walk through the gate, the laws of the United States apply here. Right? Here's what the church is. You ready? The church is an embassy without borders. It is an embassy without borders. We're in a foreign land, right? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we are not dictated by the laws of this world. We have a different set of principles, a different set of laws that apply to us. And God has called us to occupy and expand and take over. And so we're supposed to be expanding the borders of this embassy because we're not controlled by the laws of this world. And so we're supposed to be a light penetrating the darkness. Listen, darkness is afraid of light. Light is not afraid of darkness. We've got to stop being so afraid of what's going to happen next. And Oh my gosh, do you see what they're doing now? And here we are as a church, sometimes huddled up in our little camp, and we're over here just trying to have a nice, cute little Bible study and some fellowship, and can we get some food and some chips and salsa and come together while these dark gates are all around trying to come after us because after all the Bible says that the gates of hell won't prevail against us and we act as if the gates of hell are on the offense that's not what God intended the gates of hell are on the defense we are the church advancing we are the ones expanding listen darkness is afraid of light amen when you're in a dark room and it's pitch black, if you turn on one light, that one light penetrates the darkness. I don't care how dark it is, light overcomes darkness. And so it's not us here huddled up in this little corner worried about the gates of hell advancing and we're hunkered down like South Floridians do. No! We're supposed to be overtaking. It's the gates of hell that should be afraid of us. It's the gates of hell, the Bible says, that don't prevail against us. The church is called to be salt and light, to be an influence and to be a direct, uh, uh, have direct effect on the darkness. That's what God's called us to do. Amen? And so we're supposed to be advancing. I see all this junk going on, and I got more opportunity. Hey, that's just more opportunity for us to let our voices be heard. I see it. I see it out in the world today. I ha we have shirts here at Grace. We, we made t-shirts years ago. 
that say, Jesus, big words, Jesus Christ changed my life. And you wear them, and I mean it's big. covers your whole chest, your six-pack abs. It covers all of it. It's just the whole thing. Big words, Jesus Christ. And, you know, you walk down with that shirt now. You go to the mall. You just walk around, and you get looks. Oh, my Lord. He's got Jesus Christ written on a T-shirt. And I think that's how far we've come now, where people are staring because you Jesus right? Because, because it's like light penetrating the darkness. Now listen, the answer to the world is not a t-shirt or, or an invite to church. Wear your t-shirts, invite people to church. The answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus himself. It is light. And it is not just one single light, right, shining. It is when we all come together because I've got something special for you today. Now, watch this. I want to read to you. I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. You can follow along on the screen. Here's what the Bible says. This is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. And he says this. Since we believed that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that we who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creature in Christ. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Watch verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Here's what the Bible says. Listen, I said that the church is an embassy without borders. And guess what? We in the church have a role. We have a part to play. You didn't just come to sing some songs. You didn't just come to usher, to greet, to work in the nursery, to do whatever it is that you do. You didn't come to just sit here. You have come to understand that you are an ambassador for God. We are all ambassadors. In fact, the word ambassador actually is the word presbyto, or where we get the word presbyter. It's actually the word preacher, elder. So that when the church gathers, in fact, the church would gather, the church would gather, the elders would gather at what? They would gather at the gates. And at the gates, they would do business. They would legislate. And so God has called us as ambassadors to legislate, to make decisions, Right? And we don't fight this thing on a horizontal plane because if your enemy has a driver's license, you've got the wrong enemy. Remember, I've said that before. If the enemy has a social security number, you've got the wrong enemy. Our fight is not flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against that. It's principalities. It's spiritual wickedness. And we're to take authority over the darkness in this world. And God has called us to be ambassadors. So here's what we're doing today. You ready? We're having a mass ordination service. I'm ordaining all y'all. Everybody in here. You go get your little Bible. You just put reverend and then your name on the, on the end of it. Now, now don't claim tax status. 
on your 1040 and say, Pastor said I could do that. Don't do that, all right? And I'm not making light of ordination and all that stuff, but I want you to know, you are called to the ministry. Did you hear me now? You are called to the ministry. It is the ministry of reconciliation. You're called to be an ambassador. Amen? So you were, listen, this is why the church gathers. We're an embassy that is growing and expanding, and we're penetrating the gates of hell. And the gates of hell don't, listen, they get mowed over, right? They get mowed over as we move forward. That's what God's called the church to do. We're not afraid of darkness. And listen, this is why it's important to belong to a church. Because one light is one light. And if I was to turn off all the lights in this building and I thought about doing it, but we have a lot of light coming through, so it wouldn't work. But I thought about saying, hey, let's take one light and then let's add a light to that. And then let's add another light and then let's add another light and then let's add another light. And you have all these lights that have gathered here today. And as we all come together as a church, and as we move forward, and as we serve, and as we reach, and as we do outreaches, and as we pray, and as we worship, and as we gather, as we learn about the Word of God, as we go in connect groups, it's all these lights gathering together. And we're saying this, we are not afraid of darkness. It is the darkness that is afraid of us. Amen? God has called us to be light called us to be light. And the gates of hell, when he builds his church, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Amen? Here's my question for you today. My question for you today is, in what ways, in what ways am I being light to the darkness that is around me? Huh? Let me ask you this question. When is the last time you raised your voice, not in anger, not in hate, not in political outrage, huh? but with compassion and mercy, you raised your voice to reach out to someone, a coworker, a neighbor, right? Because sinners sin. I'm not surprised when they sin. Uh, the, the craziness that I mentioned a, a minute ago with trying to normalize things that God has called an abomination, that's what sinners do. That's what darkness does. It tries to penetrate, but when we stand against it and we say, no, 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 with love and compassion, we're going to let you know, no, this is truth and this is a lie. When's the last time you raised your voice? How about your neighbors, your coworkers, come on now, your family, your friends, whatever sphere of influence God has given you, we're called to be light. Amen? It could be at a gas station, it could be at, at a store, wherever it is, grocery, wherever you're at. Think to yourself, I'm walking in here. Okay, this is, I'm light. Come on now. I walk into Walmart because you know that place, you've got to have grace and mercy. No, I shouldn't say that. Bad, bad pastor, bad pastor. But, but you just walk into any store, wherever you are. You're going, hey, the light of the gospel is walking in with me. And I'm not alone. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're doing this thing together, man. Amen? I can't wait for October 29th for a trunk or treat outreach because that's a dark season. Some of you go, well, Pastor, I don't think we should have anything to do with that. I, I do. Oh, we're going to be a light right in the midst of the darkness. Amen? We're going to bring these families in and pray and believe and worship and, and gather together and let them know that there is hope. Amen? 
there's gospel that has to be preached. And so we're going to do that, amen? And we're going to continue to do that, to be light in the midst of darkness. That, listen, I said it last week, this is why this series exists, this message, that we would be light in the midst of darkness. I want to ask you to do this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our church, please visit gogracechapel.com and give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at gogracechapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.